The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. Who is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be in free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, we have arrived. The anticipation of the 500-year anniversary of the beginning of the Reformation. Well, we're, we're not fully arrived. I mean, it's still technically two more days until we actually get to October 31st. But, you know, that's just the way it is. We're celebrating it today. And for most of us, for a lot of us, this month has kind of been busy if you've been involved in a lot of the events that's been hosted in the community around us other churches and events, even the LCMC conferences here, focuses on the reflection of what the Reformation has impacted in a global sense in the world today. While others are reconsidering who this Luther guy is, why is he so important to the church today? And over over and over again, it is brought up, why is this Augustinian monk so important And why would he be so daring to challenge the religious and political realms of that day? So many questions and answers can come out of this time. In fact, I have many friends from different associations, different denominations that are not Lutheran, that are attending Reformation events. And they were reflecting on this very idea. Who is Luther? And why is he important to us? But to be honest and truthful, majority of the people of this world today will wake up as just a yet another calendar event, another Google Doodle on Google's website. That is the practicality of this day. Not everyone fully understands, not everyone sees. It is hard for us to hear as Lutherans that the majority of the people in the world today will pass just as another day. Another day that has no significance, no meaning. The fact is, the truth can be challenging. This is truth we don't want to hear. As Lutherans, we want to be excited. This is the beginning. This is our foundation. This is when it all started. A simple task by a monk nailing a piece of paper to a door. Well, this is something that the gospel today in our reading asks us to consider. The sitting of the gospel today is from John. And it's a discussion between Jesus and Jews that already have believed in him and are following him. Now, I personally 
If you haven't noticed, I really enjoy knowing the background, the, the context, the setting, where they're talking, where they're standing, when it's happening in the story of the life of Jesus. I think it's very important to us to understand. The hard part about preaching from John is you don't really know, other than significant periods of, of, in the story of Jesus' timeline, when certain events happen. But I can take an educated guess that this reading, this story that John presents to us, comes sort of in the middle of Jesus' life. At, he's already passed through. People are starting to follow him. They like what he's teaching. It's different. It's unique. It's special. But yet, they don't really grasp who he is and what he represents. They're still trying to figure that out. They're trying to see. And the focus of this discussion is on one sentence. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, the way the Jews reply to Jesus is not that they really understood what he was saying, but it was the context on how it was said. And they replied to him, We are the offspring of Abraham. We have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free? Now, to understand the Jews in this perspective, we have to understand their cultural heritage, their background. Remember, the Jews at one time were enslaved to the Egyptians. Then over the period of history, they had some challenges. They were enslaved by the Syrians, by the Babylonians, and so on. But at this time period in history, they're technically not slaves. They're not in a form of enslavement of any kind. They have a sense of freedom that we have. The other factor we have to understand in that is, according to Jewish law, it is kind of against God's law for them to be a slave. It's kind of a punishment for them. If a Jew takes another Jew as a slave, you cannot. They can't be a slave. They have to be considered a higher hand. They can freely leave at any time, to some extent. And at one point, their debt has to be completely forgiven, even if it's not paid off. This is the Jewish law. So to be called a slave, or to have any concept of being a slave for a Jew is extremely insulting. And hurtful. You could say that it was, how, what's the term we like using? They, it was not politically correct to call them a slave. Or to in, infer that they were slaves. Now, it's true that they weren't enslavement, but they weren't really free, free. You have to understand. They were Jewish citizens under the territories they were part of. Unless you're a Roman citizen, you didn't have full freedom. For example, if you were a Roman citizen and you were a soldier and you were walking down the street and you said, oh, my bags are heavy, you there, you're not a citizen, carry my bags as far as I want. And you had to. You had to abide. You have to follow the law. The Jews, unless you were a Roman citizen Jew, like Paul was, you did not have that privilege. You didn't have that capacity, that freedom to be. You could not run for an office of some sort. They, were, they had a sense of freedom, but they were not truly free in terms of a political setting. And this is how they saw it. When Jesus said, abide in my word and you will be free, they thought of political sense of enslavement. They thought he was calling them a slave. So I completely understand 
their, under, their question of, how is that you say you will become free? How can it be that way? Now, in one of the very few moments in Jesus' teachings, and I really mean it, it's very few, he actually explains himself to the crowd. Now, if you read the Gospels, the only really time he ever explains himself and what he means by what he's saying is really to his, his core group, the 12 disciples. But rarely does he actually tell everyone who's following him what exactly he's saying. He, does, he doesn't explain it. He does so here. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. <coughs> now, this concept is hard for us as Americans to understand. One reason is that because culturally, generally speaking, we are against slavery. I can, I can truly say that. The idea of slavery, we are not for. We do not like. But there are other forms of slavery that we don't really fully understand. For example, in Asia and in Africa, a lot of times families will send their children into the city of friends' house or family members or distant family members like cousins. And they will live in that house in the city so that they can attend better education. So they have better opportunity. Well, while those children are staying in that house as a guest so they could go to school, they are servants of that family. They clean the house. They cook, help cook food. They help do the laundry. Whatever the family needs to do, including the other children, they must do. They are treated differently. They don't have the same privilege as the family. When there's a family meeting, they are not welcome to attend because they are not part of the family. They are treated differently. If something is stolen or missing from the house, it's almost automatically assumed that it's not their own children that did it, that it must have been the guest that's living with us going to school. So they are punished. They, in some cases, they might be sent home. If they can't, the parents that send them can't afford them to send home, they'll just send them out on the street and let them roam around. It is not their will. It's not their, it's not their child. So no matter what happens, it's not their child. It doesn't matter to them. They're just there as a servant that's allowed to go to school. But if their own child is the one that does it, if it's their child that gets caught, what can happen to them? Nothing. They won't send their child, children out on the street. They won't do anything to them. The child is always there. The son, the daughter, is already always welcomed in the house. And so there's, a, there's cultural differences going on here. There's a different understanding of enslavement that Jesus is getting at. So Jesus is communicating to them that their slavery is not that of a political realm. But their slavery is sin. And if they are part of that house of God, which they say they are, they say that, well, we're part of Abraham's family. We have it. We're automatically in. Jesus says, well, not really. Because you're, slave, you're a slave to your sin. You're a slave to the law that binds you down. And they are not the true children of God. In the essence of who Jesus is. 
Jesus, who is the Son of God. Jesus, who himself can truly say that he has the ability to say, if you are free, you are free. Because he will always remain in the house. He will always remain in the heavenly realm, which he is a part of, which he is speaking of. So if Jesus declares to these Jews that if you abide in my word, if you stay true to what I'm, I'm sharing with you, what I'm teaching you, what I'm giving to you, you will be free. So it's reassuring to us that if Jesus declares that if we, our sins, our individual person as a sin is forgiven, therefore it is forgiven. And then we become that child of God, that promise in which he's given to us. We then become part of that family. Because it's true, a sinful slave cannot remain in God's house forever. As I mentioned earlier, it's not the physical aspect slavery concept that Jesus is trying to understand. Our Romans 3 reading today highlights that. For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. All of us are sinners. We ourselves know our own self. And if you cannot say to yourself right now, I'm not a sinner. What are you talking about, pastor? I'm going to pray for you. Because that's a hard concept to understand. That's a hard thing that our society does not want to admit. That we are sinners. We, it's hard for us to accept that we ourselves do things that are not right in God's eyes. And Jesus says, truly, truly, you are slaves to your sin. You are a slave. The truth really does hurt. The truth that we are sinners at the root of our heart is hard for us to understand. But there is hope, and that hope is in Jesus. Because he is son of God. He is the one who sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven right now. He is the one that declares our sin is forgiven. This is the foundation and the heart and the reason for the beginning of the Reformation. We have to remember that as Martin Luther, as he served as an Augustinian monk, he literally punished himself daily for his sins. He would spend hours of confessing, trying to get every nitpick of his heart to sense any realm of forgiveness. Because he did not grasp, he did not understand that it was only through Christ until one day he did. Because the church, the tradition, the culture around him said it was different. That what he felt was not correct. And he knew different. The beginning of the Reformation is not a trying to change the culture. It wasn't trying to do anything other than the fact that explain what the truth of the gospel really is. That it is a gift from God. It is a gift of salvation that we ourselves, no matter what we do, we cannot do because we are slaves of sin. So then, that very morning, that day, out of no thought how much it would impact the church, the desire to communicate the truth of the gospel so that we and everyone around him could be set free in Christ. He nailed that piece of paper 
to the, gr- to, the wa- to the wall. He nailed it to the door to try to show and communicate, to start the conversation of what is the gospel. And here we are all today. As we celebrate the 500th year anniversary, many places around are starting to understand and starting to hear for the first time what the gospel really is. Because their church, their culture is law-based of that of commands. This, do this, do that, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Whatever it may be. But because of a simple man trying to do a simple thing for us to know the gospel, they know the truth. And that is a testament for us. We are simple people doing simple things every day. The gospel is in our hands. All we have to do is simply tell someone. And they will hear the truth. And they can be set free. So the gift is there. The freedom is there. Let us not be a slave to sin, but let us be free in Christ. And that is who we are and a faith in which we should follow. Let us pray. Gracious Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that is in Jesus Christ, the gospel of faith and salvation that comes through, that he as God is son of the Father, Know and speak to us through the word. The Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Strengthen us in our, word, in our life daily through God's word. In Jesus' name, amen.